Now, are you able to edit this? Yeah, I'm going to edit this down. I did it the other day. Did okay. you listen? Did you listen to the episode? I did. Oh, okay. I just yeah. didn't remember where. Oh yeah, I I can in audacity. I can. I mean, I cut out all of our ums and sorts of stuff. It was great. It's very fast. Got efficient. It. So, do you want to kind of kick back off again? Um. Well, I thought this was this seemed like more of your idea. So I thought if you wanted to. No, this was thrill. your idea. You're the one that came frills? up with frills. Frills? No frills. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't do. I'm not an idea man. You're the idea man. Um. Okay. I mean, I just I... feed the mayo straight to the tuna. That's right. Um. I mean, I. I guess I. I didn't know. You know, I thought I had like sort of mentioned it, but I didn't know that. Like, I thought you had something more in mind. No. But I. You know, I think I'm torn on frills in terms of. I, it depends on what thing we're talking about. Like, if you're thinking about like literature, I'm actually much more inclined towards like really decadent writing uh, than I am in terms of unadorned things. An author like Jean Genet, um, which I realize makes me sound like an elitist ass, but well, here we are. You know, is someone who's incredibly decadent and who's incredibly decadent in his life as well, and I really enjoy it because of it. It's very lush writing. You know, it's it's got a lot of sort of nuance and interest to me, but then talk to me about a desk, and I want, you know, nothing. I want very little, you know, in, you know, on it. I want very little design to it. You know, I don't want anything fancy. <laughs> You know, that, I feel like that's the way with most things that are things that I have around me in terms of sort of personal aesthetics. But I, I feel like in my art, I want the opposite. Does that make sense? That I yeah, sort of no, it does. strive it does. towards that I, I want something that's going to be over the top when it comes to production or, or you know, in terms of, you know, I, I think something like getting music uh, into it, I think uh, it's actually what sort of attracts me to sort of like, progressive rock in some ways right um i think something like pink floyd where it's like let's just spend all the time in the world in the studio you know let's re-record this 50 times until we get it right let's add multiple layers of sound let's you know add everything we can to this space like it's very attractive to me and uh, you know it's sort of the anti-punk aesthetic right where punk was very like you know guitars bass you know, you don't really need to be able to sing. You don't really need to be able to play your instrument. Some of that's fun. I enjoy it. Um, but not in the way that I like will gravitate towards artists who are going to be like meticulous in their recording. And I, and I don't mean that it's like, there's no mistakes or that it's like perfect or anything like that, but just people that really indulge in the process are really enjoyable to me. Right. Well, I think, I I think for them, it was an intellectual activity, right? So it was for the progressive rockers, you know, we're both big fans of Genesis, big fans of Pink Floyd and, and similar rock bands if you want to call them that of that of that particular era and and, and that doesn't really exist today and and that's fine things change right life changes but i think they were they they went out of their way to add different layers and stretch the imagination in terms of the the what was modern technology at the time and things like meter and lyrics and mood were all very as you say, lush, you know, it was, it was all frills, right. From a musical perspective. Yeah. And 
Yeah, there was definitely something very curious about that, very innovative. Uh, and, you know, there was a, it, it's like somebody had a design plan, right? We're going to create this thing that's going to have a theme and a movement and a, and a methodology as opposed to we walk into a studio and you got a typical three chord song and off you go. Right. Yeah. I think that's translated for me personally and my own writing, right. Which as you know, I tend to be, some might say, say lush. I'll use your word. Some might say presumptuous. Right. Mm. (laughs) So, uh, and, and, uh, unwittingly or perhaps wittingly condescending or uh, verbose or whatever it might be. And so, that has kind of translated for me. I'm trying to change some of that in, in some of the different ways that I write. Yeah, it's, it's, and again, I won't say just that has had that impact, but certainly the draw of that music was that very deep, lush, mystical makeup mm-hmm. of, of that particular genre of music. And I think it's translated into my life. And, and, you know, when you get into the, I thought where you were going, when you first suggested this topic was more the material aspects of things. Right? Well, I think we're, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a five minute podcast. I mean, I think that's where we're going is like, yeah. you know, I, now that I feel like I have the choice, I'm generally pretty tidy. I don't like a lot of like stuff around it. I have stuff. I mean, I have, you know, I'm, I'm, as I look over at my like five guitars on their stand, I mean, it's like, I don't have stuff. And I look at my three bookshelves, like I have material, but I'm very much like always sort of looking for like how to keep things sort of streamlined, which I feel I wish would uh, translate to my actually embodied state. Uh, Like I wish I was actually good at that myself um, versus the environment around me but i think i I do sort of gravitate towards that sort of 20th century like mid-century sort of aesthetic of like very clean very simple unadorned stuff generally like in terms of my own sort of environment Mm. You know, I I don't think I've ever been one of those people that gravitated towards if money was no object, I still feel like I would probably drive a really simple car. Like I'm not really interested in like big engines and it's not something that brings me joy, I guess I should say is the way to sort of describe it is like, I don't get anything out of like, look at me kind of stuff, which is obviously weird because then we have these sort of like online personas where it's like i'm I'm writing and, and you know a joke or something and tweeting it and I'm like okay who's going to notice it you know yeah. um so i mean i think we're all sort of in these conflicts uh especially now uh, where we are torn between those kinds of sides of ourselves, but i think overall i i try to work towards a kind of simplicity and it's not necessarily anything like if i if i want to indulge in something i do like it's not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think one of the things that you and I often are sort of on opposite sides of is like the idea of labeling oneself. Like you are very much like, I, I think at times where you'll say like, I'm doing this thing and I'll say, well, I'm doing it, but I, I don't know if I would call myself that. Like, I, you know, I think, I think diet is one thing like where you're like, I'm, I'm doing a vegan thing. I'm like, okay, like maybe I would, even if I did that 75% of the time, I would avoid the labeling of it just so that I could have the 25% of the right. time when I wanted to indulge, you know? 
and just those kinds of maybe maybe that's just another form of um you know no frills is like not coming up with that sort of identity uh of of those things but you know i overall like i feel in general i, I don't want um, I think I dress very no frill most of the time. I mean, obviously, I think you saw, like, when I went for my defense, like, I was definitely in a suit and tie and all mm-hmm. those things. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like an event for that. But, you know, normally, like, you know, sort of the modern tech, technocratic way of dressing of, like, black shirt and nothing else. You know, I wear my wedding. And that includes ladies, no pants. No, no pants. Yes, absolutely. And so he's um, very austere. <laughs> yes. You know, I think I, hilariously, I think baldness kind of helps with that because there's nothing to be done. Um, right. You just, you know, um, <laughs> kind of that. We're going to have to note that for the record. That's where baldness helps. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's like um, like aesthetics, aesthetics, like mm-hmm. monks and stuff will shave their heads. And it's like because you don't want that kind of attachment, right? You don't want that kind of like spending time uh, you know uh, spending time on your hair is spending time not devoted to whatever so um obviously the spiritual aspect of of that is out the window for me but in that sense my life has been (laughs) very easy i've never had to worry about like am i running late oh god like what is my hair gonna look like well not a problem it's gonna look the way it's gonna look right and i don't have to worry about it but it is getting to that old man bernie sanders thing where if it gets a little bit long there's like the hairs that just are living doing their own thing then you're kind of also excused right you're like well why who's going to bother with it like no one cares right Uh, i don't know right it's like the bald pass you've got to pass (laughs) right right there's no like once you lose that it's like you you know there's real no desire to please anyone else like you feel like you've already been punished so there's just nothing, there's no, like, I'm not going to look good for people. Oh, and I, I feel like that's translated to much of my life in general. Hmm. Um, that, you know, hey, we'd like you to do this thing. Well, I don't really feel like it, so I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, well, I, I yeah. think that, you know, you and I are in very different industries, if I can call what you do <laughs> an industry or a field. Let's call it a field. Sure. Feels good. And and so, you know, my aesthetic is typically very business yeah. Uh, more so than most folks, I would say, even that are left in banking, unless you're in sales uh, now at home, working from home because of that thing. I don't wear a tie, obviously, to walk down the hall, but still collared shirt, you know, put on regular pants. Sometimes I'll wear jeans. There, there's a standard, right? And and so some people would call that not no frills, right? You know, just to kick it up a notch or, you know, well, where did you get that shirt? And I learned later in life that having those things doesn't bring you greater joy, right? Yeah. yeah. I think some of it now is a conversation about sourcing of materials and, you know, Mm -hmm. can you find things that work for you that aren't drawn from, you know, where, where people are taken advantage of and not paid a living wage and and things like that. And then I think others that would know me and that will probably listen to this would, would not look at me or sit next to me and go, Oh, he's a no frills guy. Right. They know that I like certain things. Um, I will say this. I think this last month, six weeks will change that to some degree Mm -hmm. greater than just, Hey, when he flies, how does he fly? It'll be, will he travel? right? Mm. Is it worth it 
forget the, let's say all this clears up and we're good in 12 to 18 months. And, you know, there's this place and that place you want to go. And when you do that, you want to do it right in my mind, right? Where you stay, what you see, what you eat, that sort of thing. And so, but I think the whole concept of needing to do that, you know, I, I don't know if I'll, I'll need to do those things uh, yeah. to, to satisfy some inner yearning, right. Or trying to find myself or gosh, I was able to go to uh, wherever Timbuktu or pick a place, right. Sydney opera house, uh, whatever it might be. The reality is those things don't really matter that much to me anymore. I, I think that this last six weeks has really been a pause to where I can stop and question, wow, yeah, I was really, forget when I was in transit, that was definitely frills, right? The w way I traveled sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But that I'm going at all is really in question now, right? Do you really have to do that to, quote, get away from whatever this mundane life is? That's, some would say compared to that, whether you're on vacation or you're uh, on business travel, this is no frills, that's frills. Right. And yeah. so if you're just here working, grinding, you know, grinding away, that that is no frills. And then when you're away and you're in this cool place and you're having, you know, frou-frou drinks with umbrellas, that's the, uh, yeah, so this is no frills and that's frills, right? So I, I think that it remains to be seen. Uh, you yeah. know, I have family and they want to do things and, and the like, but I just don't think it's going to be as much of a draw anymore. I just don't. That's interesting because I feel sort of the opposite that I was just getting to a point, and I should say we were just getting to a point as like adults where we can actually start traveling some now because we had not been. Mm -hmm. um, and, and part of that, of course, is it seems like we spend every free travel time seeing family. Which on the list of things that has, you know, lost its allure, I'll, I'll say that jokingly, half jokingly. Right. That would be um, very no frills, by the way, if you're listening <laughs> at all. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I feel like we were just entering the stage of adulthood where it's like, I'd like to get out and see things and I want to get out and do things like not in the same way. Like I, I have very little interest in, I've n I never had an interest in, in going and doing I would say sort of the touristy stuff uh, necessarily, but I kind of just enjoy being in different places. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think like a trip to New York was always fun to just go wander around. Like you didn't have to go see anything. It was just to go and just drive around and just be there um, was always kind of appealing to me. Um, I remember when I was doing study abroad and I was in London and I had like four days in London, I just, wandered the streets like mm -hmm. i didn't i mean i went to stuff and i did stuff but it was just really enjoyable to be in a place and see how other people are living and see how other people are doing things so i don't know i don't maybe that fits part of the same thing but you're right there is this kind of question of you know the environmental impact of doing that and the economic impact of doing that but, you know i think in this way i'm i'm very much with uh our mom and our our uncle who very much are like, let, let me experience things. I want to experience as much as I can um, before, you know, before the end, uh, you know, <laughs> like I'd like to do things uh, as best as possible. 
Uh, I'm not perfect in that by any regard. You know, as soon as we're done with this conversation, I'll probably be back to watching YouTube videos. But, you know, that's something that's, if if that's indulgent, then in that way, I think I am comfortable being indulgent. There is this great big planet and I want to experience, you know, some parts of it. You know, I have no interest in, in doing certain things, obviously. Like, I, you know, skydiving is nothing I ever want to do. That is not appealing to me there's no desire to you know if i'm going to jump out of a plane it better be on fire or something right there's no that's not appealing to me i'm not in it for the rush i'm in it for sort of the take it all in um and kind of witness um part of it and i think that also kind of fits my uh field right Mm -hmm. is uh my field is definitely one of observation um and i would say both halves of it both the poetry side and and the sort of you know, critical side are both sort of observe and understand, which I think is very much, I mean, I don't think anyone would be surprised that that's where I've kind of ended up as an adult. I think I was like that as a kid. So, you know, if that's indulgent, then I guess it is. But, you know, you, you, you draw those lines for yourself at every step of the way, right? Like you decide for yourself what's acceptable and what's, uh, what's not. Um, which I guess is the luxury of also aging and whatnot as you start to learn where those lines are better for yourself. Yeah, I, I think, and I totally understand, you know, just because, you know, we're 12, 13 years apart. So we're at different stages. You've yeah. had a much longer academic run uh, than, than <laughs> I did certainly. Um, and, and so I could, totally appreciate and and look i'm sure i'll get on a plane again and and be collecting points and looking for you know every ounce of comfort that i can find along the way again i don't know when that's going to open up again to us as it was in the past and so that said i don't have a craving for it right i have this Mm, gotta do this and i gotta do that you know reminds me of that line from (laughs) i like baldwin in the uh in the comedians in cars you know and yeah. The things I have to do, you know, the things I have to do are almost zero, right? The mm. things I need to do, you know, if I go and I support my daughter on a trip or something like that, that's fantastic. I'll do that, right? Uh, but I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to go myself and, you know, go see whatever. I just, I don't think it's, it's not that much fun <laughs> packing and getting on a plane and, you know, just the, the drudgery, and, and and I guess we make up for it by taking the frills, the luxury way, and saying, oh, well, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to put up with it, then I'm going to do it right, right? And so then you, whatever money you were spending before, you can triple that or quadruple it easily. And, you know, does it does it do anything for you? You know, is it, does the, does the hunger or the hankering for whatever it is you're looking for go away? I think the answer is no, uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's a very philosophical answer. But I, I don't, even the no frill versus frill upgrade, that doesn't, it doesn't solve the problem, right? It doesn't solve it. Yeah. And so you just end up right back at ground zero going, hmm, now I'm going to have to have something else, right? Yeah, <laughs> something more luxurious and and whatever and cool and neato and all these things yeah. and and won't that be great? And then you you go through that process and 
you come back and you go, well, now I've got to go to Dubai and whatever. I mean, you can, the mind is insatiable, right? Yeah. And so, so I'm just going to sit here in my little closet, broom closet and, uh, <laughs> and, and live life that way. I think I'm, I'm perfectly settled now. Yeah. Into that routine. Didn't think I would be, sure. but yeah. Um, there's a great line from Mad Men, uh, a Don Draper line, which is what's happiness, but the moment before you need more happiness, right. which I, I think right. is pretty accurate that you're just sort of on the sort of, uh, it's, I mean, it's like an, any addiction. I mean, you're just always looking for the sort of next fix. And I, I, I kind of get it. And I'm, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's a better answer. Like, I don't think that like one answer is better than the other, that I don't think there's any moral victory in in saying that like well i don't need those things like okay great for you you decide that for yourself and that's that's fantastic and and you know go on um for others it may be that it's it's the opposite that you know i i'm not i don't judge people that jump out of planes i just don't want to do it uh you know if if that's the kind of rush you need to feel alive great if if it's not then that's also great like i think that it'd be nice if we could remove that kind of my way of living is better than your way of living sort of dynamic in our discourse i don't know that would be really something but i, I don't think humans will ever really get oh no we're not capable uh, of nature <laughs> no i agree oh, i agree, I agree. we just lack uh, uh, basic intellect got plenty of information yeah. but we don't have the yeah. ability to to judge and 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 reason our way out of that, uh, much less out of a wet paper bag. So it's um, yeah. we we all want that thing, that next thing, that's going to make us happy. And again, varying degrees. Some are fine. Yeah, traveling here, going to this kind of hotel or this kind of plane trip or whatever. And then some need another level, but. Either way, frills or no frills, the void remains, right? When you come yeah, back. Yeah. And in, in some cases you're even like, blessed, you know, I I just went, I went through all this trouble and now I and you hear it all the time, I need a vacation from my vacation. Right. Yeah. Because I spent all this time and, and everything didn't go as I wanted it to go. And so now yeah. there's some level of disappointment and not only was there a void before, but now it's bigger because gosh, can I improve on that the next time <laughs> no. I go? Right. So now let's make it, right, you right. know, the French Riviera and Monte Carlo and Fort Walton, <laughs> just not going to cut it. Right. So the, the big question for the week is, uh, is this, since it's my turn. Uh, so, you know, now that we have a doctor in the family, you know, oh. something our parents always wanted, not not the right well kind. that's all right so <laughs> so what's it feel like being a, a doctor and having gotten your phd and you know hitting this milestone and oh my god what are you going to do with it uh, that's a great series of questions um and as soon as i have an answer for any of it i will absolutely let you know but no i um i have been thinking about that and and the thing with um the end of a phd is that it's it happens in such weird stages. So I was probably done writing the majority of the dissertation in December. I think I submitted my last chapter to my advisor. Before New Year's, we went through it, the last chapter, and kind of, you know, he gave me comments and feedback. And then I think right around New Year's, I sent it off to the committee. And, and so you're just, there's like steps, right? And then um, mid-January, the la maybe like the 20th or something, 
um, a little later than that, maybe, you know, everyone signed off and it was like, start scheduling the defense. And so you sort of have all these like, okay, now I have to get this thing done. And now I have to get this thing done. And there's this uh, form I have to fill with the university and I have to submit the dissertation. And then, uh, you know, for me, actually, um, you know, despite COVID-19, as, as, as you know, I was not planning to walk at graduation, which is a number of factors. But to me, the biggest thing was going and defending that I wanted to go in person to to get like the thing that was the moment to me was having my advisor say, you know, come back into the room, Dr. Trevetti. Like that was the moment that I was looking for and I, I got it. And that was joyful to me. That was, you know, um, you know, your friends taking you out and buying you drinks. That was a lot of fun. That was the thing that I wanted to go for. And I, you know, so, so it kind of ended at that point for me. And, you know, I came back and, edited you know whatever couple three things that they wanted um which is they didn't want anything but then the university is like you know the format for your you know uh words work cited is you know slightly off or whatever so you have to make those changes and so it's these incremental things and now it's like oh um i i woke up and i i wrote um a friend today i was like uh yesterday i was a grad student now i'm just another unemployed writer you know which is kind of a funny thought is like, well, literally I've been that for a while, but now it's like, (laughs) now that you're sort of without the, the frill of that sort of like institutional support that you can at least identify yourself through. So um, it's, it's nice to be done with it. One of the things that was kind of weighing on my mind, admittedly was like, I was adjuncting before, which is I was teaching, you know, two to three classes a semester, Every at the end of every semester, I would have to basically reapply for my job, and that's stressful in a way because um, you never know if you know on the other side of winter break, summer break, you're going to have a job. The summers were just generally difficult, right? Just to survive, we were very lucky in pretty much every regard that either we went home to Georgia or we were living in Providence at the time, so I was able to get like summer teaching through Brown or whatever. Uh, I was I was very lucky especially feeling lucky now that like Jen has this amazing job. So I don't have to stress about what I'm going to do tomorrow, uh, which is a luxury I realize very few people have. So I feel incredibly fortunate that I have that, that I have a a spouse who's a thousand times smarter than I am uh, and a million times harder working than I am. But, you know, I was, I was doing that every semester and now it's like, I, I went into this with the idea that like, not that I really thought it would end right away, but that, okay, I'm buying myself five years in which I don't have to have that struggle of whether I'm going to have a gig in a month. And now at the end of it, I'm back to it. Like whether or not I'm going to be teaching this fall or not, whether I'm going to be home another year or not is a, is a real question. I I have no idea Right. right now. I suspect, you know, Hopefully, uh, depending on how universities in the area open up in the fall, whether they do or whether they're online and want people who can teach online, which I've done, which is nice. It, it feels like uh, those things are there. So hopefully that will work out and you know it'll eventually go and turn into something else. But the academic job market was already bad um, and had been bad before I started on an academic career. So, I mean, it's not really like I didn't know how it would turn out, but 
I'm, you know, what am I going to do with it? I, I don't know. I think I like to think that the, the thing that I'm most invested in for myself is now is now I have the skills I feel like to do the kind of research and writing and publishing that mm-hmm. I want to do which is the most important thing to me. Um, I love teaching. I really, I do. I, I didn't, I didn't realize it until I took this year off from teaching how much I actually get from teaching um, that it's not just my work that goes into it and the students, you know, maybe get something out of it that like, I really developed ideas in the classroom um, no matter what right. I'm teaching, like I came up with some really, I felt innovative stuff that went into proposals for papers or whatever. Like, here's an idea that I came up with and it came out of teaching and I really enjoy the engagement. And it is kind of the classic cliche. Like you may have 25 students who, you know, roll their eyes at you the second you start talking or give them an assignment. And then there's two students that are just in it. And it's like, you focus on those and it's great. Um, and it's it's the best feeling in the world. Um, so I do miss teaching. It's not that I don't, but um, my angle has always been, I think, the production of like what work I got mm-hmm. out of it, like what I was publishing and writing. Um, and I, I think that was the case, you know, all along for me that like as much as I'm interested in, you know, having like an academic position, it's like now it's, I, I'm much more interested in like, do I now have the skills and the credentials essentially to sort of uh, start publishing and writing and thinking and doing bigger, you know, sort of things like that. Um, I don't know that I have necessarily some like grand contribution to, to human thought uh, buried deep within my brain, but, I'm excited that I get to explore that. Oh, that's that's Um, uh, that's fantastic, Doctor Trevetti. We're all very proud of you. So (laughs) you take that to the bank. Well, thank you. (laughs) And get what with it? That's (laughs) not much. Not much. Maybe a ham sandwich. (laughs) All right, take it. 